Welcome to Toastmasters 101, a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10. Picture the poor father of the bride standing to give the new couple's bridal toast. He's petrified. The glass in his hand is shaking so hard that everyone wonders if there will still be champagne in it when he finishes. He lifts his glass up, stands stock still and says, I love you both and wish the best of life, health and success. Cheers in a stony, unsmiling face. Awkward, painful, and you wonder if you really believe that he meant it. Welcome to Toastmasters 101, a podcast production of Toastmasters District 10 with your host, Kim Cratchy. If you're new to Toastmasters or just curious, this podcast is for you. We examine the Toastmasters education program and add just a few bits of extra information to help you face your fears and step up to the stage with confidence. When you're ready to discover the voice inside you and the leader you can become, Toastmasters will be there. Let's start at the beginning with Toastmasters 101. Do you remember learning how to swim? Do you remember learning how to get comfortable blowing bubbles in the water? How to extend your body and kick your legs before you even moved away from the pool wall? It's the basic theory of the movement of swimming before you even tried to swim. If I don't have the ability to move my body in the correct ways, I can't swim. I might flail around. I might be having fun, but I'm not swimming, not yet. I have to coordinate the proper movements in order to swim. Like swimming, public speaking has many things to keep track of while you're doing it. If you don't have the basics down, you're not communicating effectively. You may be having fun, you may be getting comfortable, but you're not entirely there yet. Breathe, kick, stroke in swimming, and body, face, and words in giving a speech. When we talk about body language, Too many times we get caught up in hand gestures and where we stand behind the lectern or only one place on the stage. Those are important, but making sure that your face and body are in sync with the words that you're saying is the critical starting point. Picture the poor father of the bride standing to give the new couple's bridal toast. He's petrified. The glass in his hand is shaking so hard that everyone wonders if there will still be champagne in it when he finishes. He lifts his glass up, stands stock still, and says, I love you both and wish the best of life, health, and success. Cheers in a stony, unsmiling face. Awkward, painful, and you wonder if you really believe that he meant it. Or the high school student who throws himself into the kitchen chair, crosses his arms across his chest, and looks at the floor without saying a word, is more telling than Shakespeare might be able to convey in a dozen soliloquies. The Competent Communicator Project 5 focuses on body language. It discusses your emotions and how you present them to the audience because that's how we judge a person's emotional state on what their body tells us. Do you want people to believe you when you speak? Your words have to be in sync with your body language. Just like with swimming, you must learn what to do with your hands. 
you'll hear dozens of evaluations like your hands are moving around with no purpose or don't put your hands in your pockets or you're not moving your hands. These are common comments for new speakers because we don't always have good habits for our hands during speeches. Like swimming, there's a basic position to start with. Put your thumbs flat against the outside of your thighs. Leave them there as much as you can. This is the basic speaking position. Then, when you need to make a point that will be strengthened with a hand gesture, put it in. Then put your hands back down. I'm not boycotting all hand gestures by any means, but knowing how to keep them at rest in a non-distracting way is a necessary foundation to better actions in the future. Think of your gestures like hot sauce. If you add too much, you lose all the other flavors. If you use too many hand gestures, you dilute their effectiveness. Don't use the lectern to prop yourself up. You look nervous that way or disrespectful to your audience. Learn to rest and look comfortable, even when you're not. Think about most of the speeches you see outside of Toastmasters, mostly politicians. They are wedded to the lectern because they use teleprompters. So as they clasp the edge of the lectern, their belly's right up to the edge. They have no room to use gestures except maybe the famous flat palm out gesture. There's a balance between no hands and waving your arms around. I have no idea where your balance is. As you learn to not lean on the lectern, and when you learn to not have your hands flapping around without purpose, and when you can learn to move away from the center of the stage, these are all parts of body language that will make you a more attractive and approachable speaker, you'll find yourself relaxing and using the gestures that you would in private conversation. Those are your natural gestures. Some of them are very good, but some of them are the equivalent of ums and ahs and other filler words. A good evaluator will help you discern what works for you. What works for you may not work for me, but what works for everyone is a smile. The smiling face is the most attractive, the most welcoming face. A genuine smile becomes a path to building a positive relationship between the speaker and the audience. Therefore, the first thing you need to teach yourself is to smile when you talk. Not smirk, not roll your eyes in derision, not pout. Can you tell I live with teenagers? But smile. This skill doesn't always come naturally. Passion about a topic might rob us of our smiles as much as fury or disgust. Some might think we're being hypocritical or fake if we smile too much. Here we see the value of contrasts a smile to build a connection with your audience, then an intense gaze to make your audience know how strongly you feel about your topic. The trick is to not let the audience think that you hold them in contempt regardless of the topic. You can do that with a smile. Best-selling author Andy Andrews has a blog post that explains the technique to learn how to smile and speak. You can find the link in our show notes. Simply put, for 90 seconds a day, smile, and talk to yourself in the bathroom mirror. You'll learn muscle memory, how your face feels when you smile. You'll see that you don't have to look like you're about to get a pie in the face or grin inanely like a clown. You'll find your smile. If you're still dealing with stage fright, and just because the manual says that you'll be over it by now doesn't mean that you are, a smile is your best asset. 
it pulls the audience over to your side and it makes them root for you. No one wants to endure a horrible speech. Really, no one does. But we're far more tolerant of a bad speaker with whom we have some rapport and the smile builds it for you. Your hands, your face, your body placement on the stage. This is your message and your body learning to work together to communicate. To review, you'll convey more with your body than you ever will with your words. Your face is part of that body that needs the physical skills to build rapport and keep the audience's attention. Learning to smile when you give a speech conveys a powerful authenticity, emotional breadth, and a healthy dose of camaraderie with your audience. As you give more speeches, you'll learn to use your hands effectively and how to position yourself during your speech from good evaluators. Your face sells your speech more than the words you use. You can win over your audience by smiling while you present, so practice smiling even when you feel silly doing it. Your hands are magnificent tools to help you punctuate your speech. They help the audience to get your more powerful points if your hands are at rest more frequently than they are in motion. Toastmasters isn't just about the prepared speech. We also have a strong emphasis on the art of impromptu speaking. You can learn by wading into the pool, not necessarily diving in. You've seen table topics at meetings. Hopefully they've been fun and encouraging. Maybe it's time for you to step up as topics master, or as we call it in our club, table topics leader. If you don't have any ideas, you can use the table topics apps, which are available for free on the Apple and Android platforms. The links are available in the show notes. I filled in as the topic leader with nothing more than a grocery store sales flyer in my hand and asked the participants to give me recipes based on the ingredients in the flyer. Or I've picked up a list of books that the library is currently featuring and asked for book reports. The purpose of table topics is to inspire a response from your audience. Don't belabor the point or explain what you mean in detail. A good leader will use less than a minute's time to explain the purpose of table topics, the format, and the topic of the day. The less a leader says, the better the responses will be. That's weird, isn't it? Our music is from Incompetech.com. You can find our show notes at Toastmasters101.net. Thanks to our sponsor, Toastmasters District 10. Remember, public speaking is an art, which is why in our next podcast, we'll be talking about art, famous art. No, there won't be a pop quiz, but we will start with a question about Mona Lisa's smile. Meeting adjourned.